Hello and welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from the train station. It is Friday, February 9th, 2018. Uh, we have gotten nerfs, which is good. Uh, we've gotten faster turn timers for the first couple turns, which I think is very good, though I know there are some aggro players who are not super excited about it, but you know, I have played up against enough people that sit there and forget that they're actually playing the game that I don't mind that the first couple turns are a little bit shorter, at least on ladder. I don't know about tournaments, but that's not my thing. So, you know, not my problem, right? <laughs> you got mine. Um, so I'm at, I'm at rank six right now. It's been kind of a rough ride. I got myself to 10, uh, before, the nerfs came down. I, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember what I was playing before the nerfs. It feels like a year ago. I think I was still playing some Spiteful Druid to get myself up to six. I tried to, um, I, I tried to rework the deck and I wasn't having a whole lot of success with it. Uh, and, and that's probably just because there's a lot more aggro now. There's a lot of secret mage and a lot of paladin in the, in the meta. It seems like it's basically those two decks and control slash cube warlock that are defining the meta right now. So, uh, I'm just kind of been playing a bunch of stuff. I got a little bit frustrated on Tuesday night, which probably had to do with the fact that I was working on less than four hours of sleep, and that's never really good for laddering, because, you know, sleep hygiene is important. Uh, but, in any event, I've, uh, I got myself up to six. I'm hoping to get myself up to five tonight. I've been trying a few new things where I can find them. I did a stream of Big Priest Wednesday night that you can go check out, where I ran into basically every weird deck on the ladder and had mixed success. Uh, then I was using, there was a Nazoth Control Paladin that seemed pretty, uh, pretty appealing from Tic Tac, I believe. And then there were a couple of lists that I posted this morning. One of them was a standard Dew Paladin that seems pretty good that I'm tinkering with and trying to adjust the list because it seems like it's pretty raw and, uh, you know, I can do some things that work better with my playstyle. And uh, GC Turth has a control dragon priest that I'm really liking that wrecks Warlock really, really hard. It runs double Pine Size Potion, double, double Shadow Word Horror, double Cabal Shadow Priest. Uh, it runs Primordial Drakes and just all the good things. It reminds me of like the control priest that I played in Ungoro that made me super happy that ran uh, Pine Size Horror because Burn Mage was the thing and it wiped out all their early minions. Um, I've also been trying to play a little bit more wild because they announced Wild Fest, which is basically going to be a heroic tavern brawl, but with more of an arena cost and reward structure uh, starting in March. So I've been talking to Nate Wolf from Into the Wild, uh, which is a new podcast that you should go check out. I'm trying to find some things to play. I think I might be settling on on anything Paladin, and I'm. I, I was playing some Secret Mage, and I'm not super thrilled with it because if I'm going to play wild, I want to play wild. So, any from Paladin used to be my jam back before the last rotation. So, I may give that a shot, and I will keep everyone appraised as to my progress there. And I also want to point out, um, if you're not listening to Walk to Work, and I'm, the three of you who are not, who listen to my show, who are not also listening to Walk to Work, uh, go listen to Ray's latest episode, the Blister Guy's latest episode uh, that came out on Friday of this week about respecting your opponent, because that was a conversation that came from, or that was an episode that came from a conversation he and I were having. And it, it was kind of a revelation to me, too, about when I get tilted a lot. 
um, is when, like, I'm at the floor and I think I should be beating people that are beating me and I don't respect them. And I found that that's one way to kind of wave off a little bit of tilt is to make sure that you're treating all of your opponents as equal skill. And because get, getting beaten by somebody who you think you should be able to beat uh, is really frustrating, can really lead to a tilt spiral. Like, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I used to do a fantasy football podcast forever, like 10 years ago. Um, I used to be back into, into uh, football before the NFL proved to me how much of a, you know, a, a flaming garbage fire it is. Uh, but one of the things that they talk about in football a lot are trap games where you have teams that are way mismatched in terms of standing. And one and very often the team that's supposed to win doesn't because they look past them to the next opponent. And I think that happens on ladder, especially at the floors a lot. So go listen to Blister Guy's episode on that. And uh, I think there's a lot of good food for thought, and that might help you if you're stuck in a floor uh, to keep your mindset straight. So what I want to talk about this week is crafting and dusting and, and kind of managing your dust and, and how to get to the point where you're getting a collection where you're not feeling like you're always like 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 dust away from being able to play anything. Uh, this kind of came from a series of uh, DMs that came into the Twitter account at Off Curve uh, from listener Troy, who had a bunch of questions. And but basically, it came down to that he's been playing for a while and since August, and he spent some money, and he never really feels like he can catch up. Like, he feels like he's not able to build whatever decks we're talking about, and uh, even after putting, like, $150, $200 into the game, he's not really able to have enough dust to craft what he needs, and then as soon as a new expansion comes out, he's kind of further in the hole, and how do you... He asks, am I doing something wrong? It seems like after spending this much money and time, uh, and not a lot of money, but upwards of $150, that I should be closer. How do people get over that hurdle... Do you spend more and dust everything? Do you craft or dust cards to complete a weaker tier four deck at the expense of being further from a tier one or a tier two? So this is kind of a big question, and, and this is... It's something that I struggle with a lot, and I was pretty much free to play for the first two sets that I was playing. I started in, like, April while BlackRock was out, and then um, I was completely free to play during TGT, and then I ended up spending the $20 on... Uh, League of Explorers, and then I, I just kind of bought the pre-order after that. I think that it's really hard, especially like the first year that you're playing, because there's so many sets that you need to keep keep up with, and it can be really frustrating when you're looking at even a quote-unquote budget deck, and you're like a thousand dust away, and how do you even get there, right? So there are a few things that you can do, and and part of it comes down to where do you put your dust so that you're investing smartly and what can you get rid of and also like how just how do you accumulate more dust so just in case you don't really spend a whole, if you're a newer player and you don't really spend a whole lot of time uh dusting things you when you uh have duplicates of a card or you just want, don't want a card anymore you'll get some fraction of the of the amounts of its worth back when you when you dust it so a common costs 40 to craft, you get 5 dust for dusting it. A rare costs 100 to craft, you get 20 for dusting it. 
an epic costs 400 and you get 100 back when you dust and a legendary is 1600 and you get 400 back and if if you happen to have a golden version then that dusting that gives you as much dust as it would be to craft a non-golden version so you know the first question is well what do you dust so the first thing that you can do is obviously anytime that you have duplicates just go ahead and dust them you have the you have the button i don't think i probably need to tell you this but you go just go ahead and do that the other um the other thing that you should do is make sure that you're dusting all of your goldens that you don't need because you don't have enough copies of it in your collection already so the pro tip and i'm going to put a link to this blog post that uh, the hearthstone official blog had a while ago and i don't know why they don't put this in the client but there are a lot of additional ways that you can search a collection manager, and one of them is the keyword extra. So extra says, I have more card, more copies of this card than I need to, than, I, than either one for legendary or two for a non-legendary. And usually what that means, if you're pressing the button all the time, is that you have goldens. So one real easy way to see how many goldens you have that you can get rid of is just search on extra, and any of the goldens, just go ahead and dust them. I mean, you know, as you get a more full collection, sometimes you decide you want to hold on to the goldens, and that's fine. When you're starting out, you really just, you need to get rid of the, dust, the goldens. It, you can't really get sentimental about it if you want to be able to play, you know, higher tier decks, just because that's a lot of gold, a lot of dust, rather, that you can get from those, and you really can't afford to keep those, like, sitting in a card in your collection, which is also why the chest at the end of the month is a big help, because especially if those cards aren't ones that you need, then you can go ahead and dust those and you get a little bit of extra dust to get you towards the next thing you want to craft. So just kind of make sure that you're keeping your collection clean for starters and that'll help you a little bit. Okay, so that's that's the easy stuff, obviously, right? Like that's the stuff that doesn't hurt at all when you're, when you're letting go of it. What else do you dust? in order to be able to craft some of the cards for these for these decks, right? And and it, it's tough because like I had you I had a situation when I before the first rotation where the meta was such that uh, big game hunter was everywhere before the first standard year before they nerfed it back when it cost 3 mana. And so I had a death wave. And I saw a bunch of the, you know, the, the crafting and dusting lists that said you can't play it because you blow up your, you discard your hand and you blow up the board and then they play a, a big game hunter and then you lose, right? So I dusted it for, I don't even remember for what it was for at this point. And then, you know, come to find out a few months later after the rotation, I want to play big druid and I don't have a death wing. And it was probably like a year later, honestly. And then I had to craft it again. So, but it felt bad. But the, the thing is that it's hard to say like any individual card if you're going to need it or not. Um, that said, I think there are some guidelines that you can take. So the first thing that I would suggest is that if you are still likely to be opening packs of a set don't dust any legendaries from it, even if they're bad. And the reason for this is because of the change that they made to the legendary distributions, which is that you're only going to get a new a legendary that you don't already have. 
So what that means is that if you go ahead and you dust Lanessa Sansaro, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what the term. You you dust Lanessa, and then you're opening more Cobalt's packs, and you get another Lanessa. Well, you basically just got 400 dust, but then your next legendary that you might have been able to use is now another Lanessa. Is it likely? No, but you, you kind of want to be careful with that. So I would recommend if you're going to dust a legendary, that you dust legendaries from sets that you're done opening. Um, really right now, I, the other question that you really need to ask is how likely am I going to be to play wild? And I would, I would think about this really carefully because ultimately I, when we went into the first rotation, I said to myself, I'm never going to play wild. And I dusted more cards than I probably should have, um, including Kel'Thuzad, which is the one that I regret now, because even if you're not going to play wild, per se, sometimes there are deck-building tavern brawls, sometimes there are things like the Arthas sing, uh, single-player mode, where you need some of those cards to make it easier to complete some of those challenges, and then you don't have them. Um, that said... I think that you're pretty much safer if you're not gonna as long as you don't go scorched earth. And you can probably go ahead and dust a decent number of the cards that are you know bottom tier. And I don't want to go through what those are right now, um, because I'm writing a guide that I'm gonna put up on my blog on, on offcurve.com that will go through all that for all of the cards in the, the year of the Kraken that are rotating out. And I think there's a fair amount of, of legendaries and epics um, that I think are fairly safe to dust because they just haven't seen any play. Um, epics are a little bit safer just because, I mean, you're going to get them again regardless. Um, again, you want to look at ones that just have not seen play and just kind of be careful with them. But I mean, 100 dust, if you, if you can get rid of a few of them, then go ahead and do it. I think the only caution, again, is... It's hard to know what is going to be playable after new cards come in. Like, one example that would have been on the list for a really long time would be King Crush. King Crush, for as long as I've been playing the game, has been a trash legendary. It's like the worst, uh, the consensus worst legendary out of the classic set. Velen 2, right? Velen was a joke that was only used in like OTK Paladin, or OTK Priest rather, up until Raza Priest, when it, all of a sudden it became core of the deck. Same thing is happening with King Crush now with this big hunter. So just because something hasn't seen play doesn't mean that something couldn't come in, come into a set to make it playable. But then again, would you rather play a deck now or would you rather hold on to something for potential energy? So the next piece of it, once you've gotten the dust, is where do you, what do you spend it on? And this is where you kind of need to understand what your goals are. In general, the, the rule of thumb is that the cards that are going to be used in the most decks are probably the ones worth crafting, like Corridor Creeper before the nerf would have been a really good example. Um, another general rule of thumb is that if a, if a class card comes out and it's in every one of the class's decks, that's probably a pretty safe craft. So... If you're looking to play Paladin, like, two copies of Call to Arms and, and a copy of Sunkeeper Tarim are probably as safe as you can get. I wouldn't necessarily 
go out of my way to say, I don't want to craft anything. I, I mean, now I wouldn't. I wouldn't craft anything that's about to rotate out. But, you know, once we get past the rotation, like, until you get to the last set of the year, I wouldn't put too much credence on, well, I don't want to craft something from, say, Angoro next May because that's going to rotate out, you know, in, in like, nine or ten months. Because, honestly, like, anything more than three months in this game is a really, really long time. And, like, if you are not going to craft something... Like, I crafted Raza, you know, the, a month into Knights of the Frozen Throne. I don't regret it at all, even though it's rotating out. Well, I mean, now it's... Now, even if it wasn't getting nerfed and I wasn't getting the dust back for it, I wouldn't have regretted it. Just because I would, I would have those, you know, six months to play with it. Um, but I would look at, you know, what is in every deck. So, Call to Arms and Tarim for, for Paladin is going to be in every deck. Like, Shadow Visions is in nearly every priest deck that's a pretty safe craft um things like that and then the other thing to really understand because you really should be aiming to craft decks as opposed to cards you really want to get especially when you're first starting out you just want to get like one good like tier two or better deck right like a murloc paladin is probably not great to shoot for just because there's so many um so many expensive cards now there are a lot of epics in that deck from the War Leaders to the Vile Fins and then Call to Arms and Tarim's a Legendary, etc., etc. Secret Mage isn't bad um, as far as a, as a top-tier deck. I mean, Control Warlock is also very expensive and Cube Warlock is even more expensive because the Skull gets and the Carnivorous Cubes get involved. But ultimately what you want to do is you want to understand what is really core to the deck. And then if something's not core, how can you replace it? Now, the core that I'm referring to in this context is not the same core that, say, Blister Guy, when he does his his infographics, he'll list all of what are considered the core cards. And that's what in every, like, top-tier player's version of the deck uh, exists. And, and that core is, for the purposes of deciding if you need to put in a tech card, what is, what is something that is less important to the deck. I think that in the context of crafting a budget deck, understanding what's core are the cards with which you can't, you need to get to the win condition. So, for example, uh, if you're talking about something like Spiteful Druid, which is a deck that I obviously you know know a lot about after having done that guide uh, a couple months ago, I did a substitution, or it was just last month. Gosh, it feels so so long ago. Um, I did a section on substitutions, and one of the things that you need, what you need for the deck to work, you need Spiteful Summoner and you need Ultimate Infestation, right? Those are those are four epics. Those are cards that you really need for that deck to work as designed. If you're not playing those cards, you're really playing something else. You're playing more of just a ramp druid, which is okay, right? Like, there are budget, just like good card druid decks that will get you to rank 15, but for that specific deck, it's not going to work. But there are other cards, like Malfurion is one that got asked about a lot, because, okay, well, I don't have Malfurion, do I need it? And, and the answer is no. And I think that if you, if you were to ask Blister Guy, you know, for his infographic, is Malfurion core? You say, absolutely, because everybody runs it, but you don't need it for the deck to work. It's a good card. It does, there's really nothing else that does what it does, but it also isn't something that the deck is built around. Like, the win condition doesn't rely on you getting Malfurion, and what I said in the guide is, you know, you take whatever big minion you have. Same thing for the Lich King. You just take a big, dumb minion, and you put it in, and that's that can replace Malfurion or the Lich King. 
Will you win as many games without it? No, of course not. But you can still play the deck and get an idea of if it's what you want to play. So it, the other thing that I would just go along with understanding what's core and what's not is that if you're not really, you know, if you're not coming from another card game or you're not, you know, well versed in these decks, I would ask just because it's very easy to substitute poorly. Like I, I'm always happy if you look at a deck and you don't know what to substitute, you know, you can always reach out. I can help you with that because I, I feel like I'm pretty good at being able to determine what's going to fit. But sometimes, you know, it's a little bit, and that, that I'll probably have to talk about deck building at some other time as far as like how you swap cards out and how you come up with reasonable substitutions and stuff like that. But it's something that you probably won't be able to do well on your own, but you can certainly ask and anybody, you know, in this community will probably be happy to help you figure out how to get it to work with your collection. Um, the other thing that I, I just want to point out in terms of being able to get dust uh, and, and what helped me build a collection a lot when I was starting out is Arena. And, and I, I say this a lot, but I feel like it doesn't get said enough that one of the best things that you can do as a new player is to take all of the gold that you're putting into buying packs after an initial expansion and put it into Arena. And the reason is that if you look at, the, at how the reward structure is set up, you generally, you, so you pay 100, 100 gold for a pack and you just get a pack. And obviously, you get to choose which pack you're getting, which is the benefit. Because Arena's only going to give you right now a Cobalt, a Cobalt pack. But if you're still getting Cobalt packs, right? You take the extra 50 gold, you play Arena. First of all, Arena's really good for getting your fundamentals down. And I, I'll link the uh, episode that I did all about Arena, which will help you kind of get started. Because Arena's really good about understanding card values, it's good about understanding how to trade, um, you know, how to value trade, when to trade versus go face, that kind of thing that will help you become a better Hearthstone player in general. I think that a lot of players dismiss Arena, and I, I think that's a mistake. Because I think there's a lot of good that you can learn from becoming a good Arena player. But the other benefit of becoming a good Arena player is that you can start to profit off of it. So, if you, win, if you break even on wins, so if you win three, lose three, you're generally going to make back like the you're, you'll probably end up breaking even versus if you would have bought a pack and that's significant right because you do get additional cards you can dust you sometimes very rarely will get an extra pack and you're also uh you know you're also spending time in another mode that's not going to remind you of how much you're you're missing right but the the thing is if you can really get good at arena like, let's say that you can get to seven wins consistently. That's called going infinite. And the reason it's called going infinite is because you just got a pack for free. You just paid for your arena run if you get to seven wins. And anything beyond that is gravy. So, if you can... And again, that's, this is not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's going to take some practice, but it'll also help you as a Hearthstone player long term to get those skills. So, it's, a, it's not a waste of time by any stretch of the imagination. And... If you can do that, then, you know, you put that, that gold back into the next arena run, you're still earning gold from quests, you're still earning gold from wins, and then you're, you're kind of building up gold as you're doing it, and then, first of all, you're going to have more gold to put into the next expansion when it launches, but you also can use that, that dust that you're getting from the Cobalt's packs to be able to put into other cards as well. So I would really recommend, if you're feeling strapped and you're feeling frustrated, 
I would really take a, a really hard look at Arena and try to get good at Arena in the meantime. I think that's a really good... Um, it, you're better off doing that right now than putting a whole bunch of dust into whatever's a Tier 1 deck right now in Constructed that won't be in two months because most of those decks are going to be going away. So, I, I, which is not to say that you shouldn't play Constructed. You should, and you should try to look for more budget decks. I know that uh, Hearthstone Hot Decks has a pretty good budget deck section that I'll list, and I may try to take my hand at, once the meta settles down, trying to build some budget-friendly versions of some of these decks, uh, you know, as kind of a public service type of thing. But you're going to be better served waiting until the rotation when you get a whole bunch... You've got a whole bunch of dust, dust from the nurse, probably. You may get more dust from the Hall of Fame nerfs. You're going to get a whole bunch of free packs because they do the free packs every time anyway. And you're also just going to be probably buying the pre-order or not and then putting a whole bunch of gold in and you're going to get a whole bunch of duplicates. So I would say Arena is really something you shouldn't overlook. Alright, so that is um, that is it for me for this week. Uh, you know, I know it's been a little while since the last episode, but I, I gave you a whole bunch of emergency episodes over the last couple weeks, so I need a couple days to, uh, to recover. But uh, hopefully we'll get back on a better schedule next week. Um, I would, I, I'm looking to do more of these intro type, you know, fundamental skills, uh, episodes. I'm planning to do one next week. I'm playing around cards based on another request. So we can, um, if you have any questions about that, please be sure to get them in and you can all, you can, um, get those questions into me by the best way is by following the show account, which is at off curve on Twitter. And you can, the DMs on that account are open, so you can send your DMs in like Troy did, or you can just send at, message, at mentions and just make sure to let me know that there are questions for the show. And uh, I will try to get those addressed on, you know, future episodes. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Wicked Good, which is where I post some of the deck lists that I'm just kind of tinkering around with. Um, I'll try to remember to retweet those from Off Curve as well when I get to do that. Um... You can uh, follow me on Twitch. I am Wicked Good FM on Twitch. I had a, uh, again a stream Wednesday night, which uh, could have gone better. <laughs> it could have gone better from a results standpoint. It was a fun stream. I don't know. I didn't win as much as I would have liked, uh, but you can follow me there. I'm trying to stream. I actually want to try to stream twice a week to try to get to affiliate. We'll see if that happens. Um, and I'm gonna be on vacation soon, so I might stream more that week. And you can also. Um, you can also find all the links for this show at offcurve.com and that, so that's, that's where you'll find the links to some of the things that I talk about and some of the lists that I, that I bring up. Um, you can follow the, my, my YouTube channel and there's a link there as well, which is where I post some of the highlights from the Twitch, from the Twitch games. And, uh, of course you can also leave a review for the show on iTunes and that really does help the show out. And we got a couple of reviews over the past a couple of weeks, and I apologize if it's taking me a little bit of time, especially if you're international, to um, to acknowledge them, just because the iTunes has been a little bit a little bit wonky as far as getting uh, posting some of the new reviews lately. Um, but and, and I'm actually going to read those next week because I don't have those in front of me. But I do I do know that I got a couple, and I want to make sure to acknowledge them in full next week when I'll hopefully get my international. Uh, report as well. So, but thank you as always for everybody who's doing that. It really does help. Um, it really does help the visibility of the show. And, and even those of you who just reached out 
to just say, hey, I really like the show. I, it, it does mean a lot. Like, it, it's, it's funny because I've been doing this for like half a year and I've been podcasting for a lot longer than that. And, and it's still like, it's still surprising that anybody listens, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, it, it really does mean a lot, uh, for those of you who are reaching out to say that you enjoy the show and, and it, 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 it's fuel for any podcaster, not just for me, but I really do appreciate all the people who've reached out to say that they like the show and, and that they, or if that's helped them, you know, improve. And that's why I do it. Right. I, I do it half because I have things I need to get off my chest and half because I want to help other people become better players and enjoy the game more because, you know, we can all use an outlet lately. So, um, you can friend me on Battleland on Wicked Good, hashtag 1535, just do shoot me a note on Twitter and let me know that you're a listener and not somebody who's salty and I will accept the request because I'm starting to get close to the cap. And that's it. So, as always, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um... And I will talk to you all soon. Good luck on the ladder, and thanks for listening.